As we move into the uh, time of the reading of the Word and the Scripture lesson, um, I'm going to invite our Scripture reader up. It gets you right, and um, we continue on in our service, our uh, our sermon series called "Meeting Jesus." Um, and today, the message is "Meeting Jesus on a Mountain." So we're exploring how do we, by looking at these very real stories of people who met with Jesus in some particular place, how do we learn different things about Jesus and who He is and what He means for our lives? So, Mark. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. The word of the Lord. Let's pray. Gracious God, we have made our way to this space. Some of us are a bit tentative and some of us are new to this place and some of us are just feeling fine. The truth is we all are more of a mess than we care to admit. But you, Father, you move toward us in our messes. And you want to convince us through Jesus that we are more loved and accepted than we ever imagined. So speak to us right now today, in this place, wherever we find ourselves, speak to each one of us in words that we will hear and understand, that we may hear you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Tonight we're going to be talking about listening and voices. What kinds of voices do we hear? I recently learned the term earworm. Anybody familiar with earworms? Anybody? No. An earworm is a song that gets stuck in your head and plays over and over again. 
Now, a common earworm at my house is, who let the dogs out? Who? Who? Urban Dictionary tells us there is no known cure for an earworm, but possible remedies could include replacing your earworm with a more favorable worm or passing your earworm on to another host or refraining from all music, TV, radio, elevator music, or singing the Gilligan's Island theme song over and over and over again. Not unlike earworms, we all have voices that play in our heads, um, thoughts that inform our minds, stuff that's going on. Last week I shared with you some of the words that I listened to for years, a tape that played. You're worthless. No one will ever love you, ever. You're a fundamentally unacceptable human being. And I, I believed those voices, and it, and it informed my decisions. It shaped the way I did things in life. So what are you here? What kinds of things are in your mind? What do you, what do you hear? My grandma, Therese, who died several years ago, suffered from schizophrenia. She was a beautiful, loving generous person but she constantly heard voices in her head and it robbed her of the ability to distinguish between reality and unreality sometimes I would spend the night at my grandma's house and I would sleep in her room she would engage in this ongoing dialogue all night long sometimes even getting angry muttering under her breath threats even and when I asked her grandma who are you talking to the answers would range from the neighbors to her political enemies to jealous women. Grandma Therese constantly heard voices and it prevented her from being able to clearly hear a single voice. Grandma Therese had mental schizophrenia. We suffer from a kind of spiritual schizophrenia. We have sources of information and wisdom coming at us all the time. Information that we decide to believe and that shapes what we've got uh, the Bible and we've got our parents and maybe professors, things we read. We've got the news, NPR, CNN. We've got our experiences. We um, experience things and we draw conclusions and those conclusions help us to form thoughts and then those thoughts, we replay those tapes and we guide our lives accordingly. Well, this scripture passage today speaks to this issue. Now, I admit, this is a pretty incredible passage I and mean, it's pretty fantastic, pretty out there. Right? Peter take, or Jesus takes Peter, John, and James to a mountain to pray. And while they're there, the appearance of Jesus' face changes, and his clothes become as bright as a flash of lightning. 
Last spring, I was sitting on the couch with one of my daughters, and our couch faces a bank of picture windows. And outside the windows is our yard, and beyond that is the woods. So I was sitting on the couch with one of my daughters, and lightning struck in our backyard. And the flash was so brilliant, it lit up our entire living room and our dining room and our kitchen. I jumped, she screamed, I spilled my coffee, and our TV no longer works. Jesus' clothes were as bright as a flash of lightning. And then Moses and Elijah show up, and they talk to Jesus. And then a cloud comes, and God speaks, and he says some pretty amazing things. And the cloud leaves, and then it's just Jesus. It's pretty incredible and confusing, difficult to understand. I mean, it it was for me when I started looking at this passage a couple weeks ago. At first glance, I I wondered, what's going on here? This isn't clear to me at all. But the way I'd like to bring clarity to this passage for us today is looking at it through Peter's perspective. Jesus takes Peter... John and James, out of town. He's going to take them away, take them away from the the busyness of their regular goings-on, and they're going to go to the mountains. And the text tells us why he does this. To pray. One of my favorite definitions of prayer is spending time in the presence of God. Jesus takes Peter, John, and James out of town, takes them to the mountains to spend time in the presence of God. Well, that in itself is not so unusual. I'm reminded of Henry David Thoreau. Perhaps you remember studying him in high school or college. He's a 19th century thinker, writer, nature lover guy. He decided to leave all the trappings of urban living, and he went out to Walden Pond in Concord, Massachusetts, and he built a little hut, real bare-bones little hut, and he decided to live there for two years and two months. And in his book, Walden, he describes why he did what he did. I went into the woods, Thoreau says, because I wished to live deliberately, to front only the essential facts of life and see if I could not learn what it had to teach and not, when I came to die, discover that I had not lived. I wanted to live deep, to suck all the marrow out of life. Thoreau wanted to live deep. He didn't want to miss life. Don't you want that? Then there's this mundane human detail that creeps in, like being tired. Now, maybe you've never dozed off during a sermon, but perhaps at the movies or in class, or when a friend of yours is 
pouring out her heart at 1 a.m. Maybe you're really interested, but you're just really tired and you're having trouble keeping your eyes open. Well, the disciples are hanging out with Jesus and they're tired. Peter is with Jesus and he's fallen asleep. And then Moses and Elijah show up. And Peter starts to wake up, and and as he looks over, Moses and Elijah are leaving. And then Peter clues in, and then he really wakes up. And he's like, dude, it's Moses. Moses is the guy that Peter's been listening to his entire life. Moses is in Peter's ear. He's the tape that's been playing. He's been listening to Moses since the day he was born. It's Moses. It's the Torah. This is the voice that he hears and and now Moses is on the scene and Peter is paying attention Moses has gotten his attention he's fully captured and he's desperate don't don't leave let's build some shelters Moses Elijah and Jesus will just build shelters and you guys can stay here for a while and 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 we'll spend some time and and he he's he's eager Moses is here it's Moses Let me illustrate it this way. Say Bono invites you to go hiking. So you pack your pack and you head out to the Yosemite Valley toward Half Dome and you take the mist trail. It's late afternoon and you uh, decide to take a break and you're kicking back and you're pretty tired. I mean, it's been a really long week. You're just, week, you're just wiped out. You doze off. And you wake up and you look over and you see Bono just wrapping up an acoustic jam session with John Coltrane and John Lennon. John Lennon is here. Now, you like Bono. I mean, everybody likes Bono. Who doesn't like Bono? But this is John Lennon. You have been a John Lennon fan your entire life. You've poured over John Lennon chord progressions. You've spent hours with your guitar in your room, paying attention to every lyric. Every single earworm you have ever had has been a John Lennon song. And John Lennon is here. Don't leave we got extra tents. Stick around. Stay a while. You want to capture this moment. You might never get this chance again. It's John Lennon. Well, maybe that's what Peter was experiencing a little bit when Moses was walking away. And it was right then, our scripture text tells us, it's right then that God speaks. When Peter is eagerly chasing after someone else, God speaks. And he speaks directly to Peter And he says these words. This is my son whom I have chosen. This, Peter, this Jesus, this is the one. This is my son whom I have chosen. Chosen for you, Peter. This is the one from me to you, for you. This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. To Jesus, he's the voice I want you to hear. There's nothing wrong with Moses. Moses isn't saying anything bad. He didn't do anything wrong. Moses even points to Jesus in the things that he says. But Moses 
isn't Jesus. What Moses is saying isn't what Jesus is saying. This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. This one, the one whose clothes are as bright as a flash of lightning. Now Luke is making two points with this. First of all, the light is not shining on Jesus. The light is coming from Jesus. Jesus is as bright as a flash of lightning. He is the source of light. And then, when the cloud goes away, Moses and Elijah are gone. It's just Jesus. He is the only one. Luke is saying, he's the only voice. He is the source, and he's the only one. Jesus is the only voice, the only source the only source, the, the light, the path toward living deep, sucking all the marrow out of life. Perhaps the voices that you hear say things like, it's all up to you. It's all on your children. You are responsible for your financial future. The buck stops with you. It's all on your shoulders to get her done because if you don't, well, you know what's going to happen. We've seen what happens. Pressure. Or maybe voices that you hear are voices from your past that bellow like a bullhorn in your brain. Failure. Unfit. Second best. Unchosen. Or maybe the voices that you hear are your are voices that you yourself offer. Maybe it's your inner that speaks most loudly. I gotta be better, stronger, faster, taller, shorter. I gotta be prettier, wittier, more eager, less anxious. I should, I would, I could. What if in responding to the invitation to listen to Jesus' voice, all of the other voices begin to grow quiet. What if in listening to Jesus' voice, the sea of lies gets replaced with an anchor of truth? What if, as we listen to Jesus, the cacophony becomes clarity? Jesus' voice says, I am the bread of life. Anyone who comes to me will never be hungry. Anyone who believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus' voice says, Come to me, you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus' voice says, 
I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus wants you to hear his voice. And the sheep know the shepherd's voice by the things that the shepherd says. If you're hearing a voice that is offering shame and accusation and and pointing a finger, that's not the voice of the shepherd. If you're hearing a voice that's telling you, you got to be and you got to do and you got to try and here's the bar, that's not the voice of the shepherd. The voice of the, the shepherd doesn't wag a finger. The shepherd doesn't have a bar. The shepherd woos, come to me. He invites. He offers. The other day, I heard a song by someone named Jason Gray. And the words were these. When I've lost my way, remind me who I am. When I look in the mirror and all I see is who I don't want to be, remind me who I am. Tell me once again who I am to you. Remind me once again, lest I forget who I am to you, that I belong to you. Jesus wants you to live deep, to suck all the marrow out of life. And tomorrow when you go to school or work or or wherever it is that you need to go, when the voices are there, Jesus wants his voice to be the singular, clear voice that you hear. Jesus wants to be that voice in your head that plays over and over again. Come. He says, come. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father God, we need you. We need your help. We can't quiet the voices that are not your voice by ourselves. We can't just do that. We can't just, you know, we we need your help. And so we say, shepherd, help. You have demonstrated through the cross that you are worth listening to. You have done the heavy lifting. You've given us free access to your love and your voice forever. Help. Help us. 
us take small steps toward you as you woo us, as you invite us. We thank you that the good shepherd lays down his life for us, the sheep. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.